0: Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading.
1: Okay, here we go. Uh, Just a quick rehearsal. The Book of Revelation has gone through the Tribulation period. And of course, it started way back in John's day with the letters to the churches that were in existence in his day in Asia Minor, which we know as Turkey, modern day Turkey. And then from chapter four, we flow right on through the book of Revelation with the seven seals. These are judgments of God, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and then the seven bowls of the wrath of God. And then at the end of the bowls, the wrath of God, there's the battle of Armageddon and the Antichrist, who is the beast, and the false prophet are thrown into the lake of fire. The armies of the Antichrist are killed. And then Satan is bound up for a thousand years and thrown into the abyss The bottomless pit, and then Jesus and we come back and reign here. We reign with Jesus, of course. He's the hero. For a thousand years, this is the millennial reign of Christ. And so, what's interesting is that many scholars would see the age of humanity on the earth this way. There was about two thousand years from Adam. To Abraham and about 2000 years from Abraham to Jesus and about 2000 years from Jesus to us. So presuming that the end, the tribulation and the second coming of Jesus happens in the pretty near future, then we would go in then to the thousand year reign of Christ. Well, Uh, generally, it seems to be an indication, at least to me, that it could be very soon. Not only various signs of the times and such, but also just with that timeline, because The thousand-year reign of Jesus, the millennial reign, would make 7,000 years, seven the number of completion. And then, of course, in chapter 21, we went into the new heaven, the new earth, the whole new era. And uh, John, and really the Lord through John, explained much of that in chapter 21. So now here we are in chapter 22. We're going to see some of the characteristics of the new era, the new heaven, the new earth, the the new life after the millennial reign of Christ, when things go back to, in essence, perfection, uh, even better than they were in the Garden of Eden. And then it's going to transition. And in this chapter, then the Lord himself, along with the Holy Spirit through John, is going to speak to us about the whole message of the book of Revelation and what we are to do with it. So here we go, chapter 22, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. So notice from the throne of God, there's this pure river, so pure like crystal. This is speaking of the holiness, the purity of God and the life of God that's coming out. It just flows out of God, life purity, holiness, uh, just the fresh water of life that restores, rejuvenates constantly. Verse two, in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree bearing or yielding its fruit every month. So, well, we didn't read about the tree of life in Genesis having 12 fruits. It didn't explain all of that. But here we see that each month there is a new fruit being uh, yielded and that can be eaten and such. Well, you remember way back in the book of Genesis, after the fall of Adam and Eve, after they sinned and such, God had to expel them from the garden. And he specifically said, Lest they eat of the tree of life and live forever. Well, it wasn't that God didn't want him to live forever, but he didn't want him to live forever in the state of sin. So God had a plan to redeem. And to do that, he needed to keep him away from the tree of life. Well, now, thankfully, in this new heaven, this new earth, this new era after the millennial reign of Christ, now we're going to be eating freely of the tree of life. And it says there are 12 fruits, and every month is a different fruit that is uh, yielded. And it says the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. Some scholars believe that it's not that there will be sickness in that era, but that the leaves will bring Rejuvenation health uh, uh, constant strength and health as in a physical health to our bodies that will be helpful to us verse 3 and there shall be no more curse oh thank God the curse of the fall the curse of the law nope All these curses will be done. There shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Thank God. Verse 4, they shall see his face. Talk about a blessing. Oh, we won't be separated by sin. Oh, no. We'll be able to see his face because we'll completely be redeemed by the blood of Jesus. The full salvation will have been accomplished. They shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads. We will take on the identity. We are part of the family of the creator of heaven and earth. Oh, I tell you, this is wonderful. He's proud for us to be his family. Talk about grace. Verse 5, there shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun for the Lord God gives them light and they shall reign forever and ever. Now, how, how long is forever? Oh, that's forever. But notice it says, and they shall reign forever and ever. This is for emphasis so that we don't miss that God is going to bring about such salvation and we are going to live in this state of now perfection, completely purified and redeemed. And we're going to reign forever and ever. Verse six, then he said to me, and this is the transition now from explaining what it's going to be like in this new era with a new heaven and new earth to now God wants to speak by the Holy Spirit through the prophet John, but also through Jesus himself. God says, now let me talk to you. Listen to this. Then he said to me, John said, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which which must shortly take place. So the Lord says to John here, or the angel, in other words, God is revealing to John and saying, Hey, listen, all these words that are in this book are faithful and true. These things are real. These things are going to come to pass and the lord has sent his angel so that he can reveal notice to his to show his servants not just you john no to show his servants the things which must shortly take place god wants us to know what's going to happen and notice he said the things which must shortly take place well if it was shortly then it certainly shortly now. And then in verse 7, Jesus speaks up. It's almost as if Jesus said, Hey, I want to say something to them. I want to speak to them. And here's what he says. Verse 7, Behold, behold, what does behold mean? I need you to see this. I need you to see this. Behold, I am coming quickly. Behold, I am coming quickly. I need you to see that I'm coming quickly. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Oh, you'll be blessed. Jesus is saying, behold, I'm coming quickly. You will be so blessed if you'll keep the words of the prophecy of this book. Don't ignore these words. Don't let them be water off a duck's back or in one ear and out the other. Don't let them be just like any other words that you've heard. Oh, keep these words. Keep these words. Blessed are you if you'll keep the words of the prophecy of this book. Okay, verse 8. Now I, John, saw and heard these things he's saying listen i'm telling you i saw these things i'm telling you i heard these things And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Now we've seen him do this before, and we've seen the angel respond like this before. So this very well could be John saying, this is what I did. And he's rehearsing what had already been done. Or this could be happening again, because he's so impacted by what he's experiencing still, even at this Last part. So it says he fell down at the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he, that angel, said to me, He said, Then he said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am of your fellow servant, I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. So this angel said, Don't don't bow down and worship me. No, no. I'm also a human being. No. I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets, and I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, just like you have. So he goes on to say, worship God. Don't worship me. Worship God. He's the one who saved us. Verse 10. And he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book for the time is at hand. John, don't you put this in a closet. John, don't you keep this from anybody because they may think you're crazy. No, John, don't seal it up. People need to know about this. People need to hear these revelations. People need to hear the truth about what's coming to the earth. So don't seal up the words of the prophecy of this book. So for the time is at hand. The time is at hand. Verse 11 he who is unjust let him be unjust still he who is filthy let him be filthy still he who is righteous let him be righteous still he who is holy let him be holy still now we shouldn't understand that to mean hey look we don't you know we don't care whether people receive it or not hey if somebody wants to be unjust let him be unjust if they want to be filthy let him be filthy but if they want to be righteous let him be righteous if they want to be holy let him be holy this is not flippant or uh or, and it doesn't lack any compassion. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, look, don't seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, John. The time is at hand. Get it out. Get this message out. And let people hear about this. And he said, listen, after you let them hear, and, and they hear the words, they read the words and such, if they're determined, if they're insistent on continuing to live unjustly, to live with sin in their lives— or to be filthy with sexual immorality and such, he said, then let them do it. But still, you've got to get the words to them. He said, but others, if they're, if they want to live righteous because of what they hear, then let them be righteous. If they want to live holy because of what they hear, then let them be holy. He's saying, John, no matter what people want to do, they're going to make their own choice but get these words to them so that everybody has a chance but don't force people because people are going to have to make their own decisions as to how they respond well that's some that's a message for you and me because you know we could be reading through the book of revelation and not confront sin we could be reading through the book of revelation and not take responsibility for what the enemy is trying to do against us or the weaknesses of our own flesh. No, we must respond with humility. We must respond with integrity. We must respond to the Lord. And if we don't say anything, if we don't confess sin, if we don't call to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me, wash me in the blood of Jesus, or Lord, spare me from the temptations of the devil. Like Jesus told us to pray, lead me not into temptation, Lord, but deliver us from evil. Do you remember this prayer? And so when we're hearing about these judgments in the tribulation period at the end of the age and how things are so final and they go into eternal things, we should be responding with sincerity before the Lord, humility before the Lord, opening up our mouths, kneeling down before God, lifting our hands, or even laying prostrate before the Lord and calling on Him with with prayers like, Oh, Lord, wash me in the blood of Jesus, forgive my sins. Lord, don't let the enemy take advantage of me. Lord, strengthen me to be able to overcome every temptation. Help me to be obedient to you. Help me to live in your care. Lord, keep me in the palm of your hand. Don't let the enemy pull you. Pull me out of your grip, oh Lord. See, these are humble prayers of response that take God and His words seriously. And this is what Jesus is wanting us to do as we hear these words, to respond, to humble ourselves. And if we just listen, and then we go on about our lives, there's something of pride or arrogance or uh, a, a lax attitude that doesn't take God seriously and doesn't take His word seriously. And The Lord is telling us, take it seriously. Take it seriously. And so he goes on to say, notice, in verse 12, Jesus speaks up again. And what does he say? And behold, and, and behold. So let him who is unjust be unjust if he wants to be. Let him who is filthy be filthy. Or if he wants to be righteous, righteous wants to be holy, holy. And Jesus interjects again, and behold, I am coming quickly. See this. I need you to see this, though. Yes, you can make your own choice, but I need you to see that I'm coming quickly. And listen to this. And my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Jesus is incentivizing us. And he's saying, hey, if you live for me, if you stretch to do right, to be obedient, I will reward you. My reward is with me when I come. I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. In other words, listen, if you'll stick with me and serve me, then everything is covered because I started this thing. I'm going to end this thing. So just follow me. I know what I'm talking about. I have control over this whole situation. Verse 14, blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gate. See, so he's not talking in the age to come now. He's back in this age and he's saying, blessed are those who do his commandments. So notice that you can't just say a prayer and get born again and then not continue to walk with the Lord. No, having received the grace of God, we need to walk in the grace of God. We need to stretch and be obedient to God. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates. Oh, may everyone who hears the sound of these words that I'm reading and sharing about today, may every one of you Go through these gates because you did his commandments into the city, he said. In verse 15, but outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. So when he says dogs, he's not talking about literal dogs. He's saying, Outside of this category of people who obey the commandments of the Lord are people who are like dogs. In other words, they just looking to feed the flesh and whatever dogs want to do, they do. But they don't have that conscience. They don't have that allegiance to God to live spiritually and to live righteous and to go against their flesh. Mm Mm-mm. They don't. And so that's why he calls them dogs, not to belittle them, but just to say they're acting like dogs or they're sorcerers or and by the way, sorcerers, this this is the word that includes drugs. They're into drugs and uh, and it goes beyond drugs into witchcraft and such sexually immoral. They will not control their flesh. They continue to live in sexual immorality. And that would include giving into pornography and such murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. And in other words, you know, it's a lie. You know, it's not according to the word of God, but you still want to do it. You practice it because you love it. And he said, yeah, they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it. Even if they said the prayer. Repeatedly, Jesus said in Matthew 7 21, Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. So, again, you cannot earn your salvation, but having received it freely by grace, we need to walk in the grace of God. So, verse 16, guess who speaks up again? The Lord Jesus. Here it is. He speaks up for the third time in this chapter. He says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I went right there in the churches among my people. I sent my angel. I personally sent my personal angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and offspring of David. What does that mean? That means that, yes, I'm the son of the living God, but I became a human being born of the seed of David. So I'm, I'm a human being just like you. I became one of you. I fulfilled the prophecies uh, to David that there would not, be, uh, not cease to be a son on his throne. So he says, I'm the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Verse 17, and the spirit and the bride say, come. Oh, we did a whole study on this. And the Spirit and the Bride, the Spirit is the Holy Spirit, and the Bride, the Bride of Christ, the Church, say, come, come. The Greek word, erkamai, erkamai. And and it's in in the imperative mood. Come, Lord, come, come, Lord. And the Spirit and the Bride say, come. And let him who hears, and that's us um, who are hearing, let him who hears say, come, and let him who thirsts, come. So in other words, there's a call to the unbelievers, to those who need to repent, to those who need to receive salvation. And we need to be saying to the Lord, come, Lord Jesus, come. But we also need to be saying to the unbelievers, come, come and be saved. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Verse 18, for I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part of the book of life from the holy city and the things which are written in this book. In other words, these words are written to win people to the Lord and to prepare the people of God for the times to come persecution and the times to come. So God said, if you mess with these words and take away from the message alter the message that I sent to my people, then you're going to be punished severely for that. And he goes on to say in verse 20, in fact, Jesus speaks up one last time. He who testifies to these things says, and that's Jesus, surely I am coming quickly. So notice Jesus says, behold, I am coming quickly. And then, and behold, I am coming quickly. But then this third time, surely I am coming quickly quickly. Surely I am coming. Boy, just listen to the Lord Jesus say that to you today. Surely I am coming quickly. Surely. Don't let anything be compromised in your life. Surely I am coming quickly. And listen to what John says. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. He said, even so, come, Lord Jesus. That word come, erkamai, Lord, Kyrios. And of course, Jesus, Isus. Come, Lord Jesus, erkamai. And what we found in 1 Corinthians sixteen twenty-two when Paul was writing in Greek to a Greek-speaking audience, and yet he uses an Aramaic term. That's the same term here, which is erkamai, uh, Kyrios or master, lord. He uses the, the Aramaic form of that. He just transliterates it into Greek. But he says what we would say, miranatha. Maranatha, which tells us that this is something that they would say among believers, regardless of the language, this is something they would say. They would say, Maranatha, no matter what we're going through, we say, oh, come, Lord Jesus, come, Lord Jesus. Why? Because we can see very clearly from this book that when Jesus comes, he's going to rectify everything, set everything in order, going to bring our redemption to fullness and will reign and live with him forever and ever will see his face, will drink freely of the water of life, will eat of the tree of life, and the leaves are healing for the nations. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. But now we must hear him and we must say, Lord, come quickly and Lord, strengthen me to stick with you and to do your commandments that I may overcome and receive the fullness of your salvation. Well, Father, I pray, For everyone who has heard any part or all of these words from Revelation, strengthen them by your Spirit, Lord. May these words impact us. And may every one of us live for Jesus the way that we ought to and go through these gates and find the fullness of the salvation that he purchased on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.